Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good afternoon and welcome to the Hoosier Huddles. After the dust settles on week one uh, podcast and video, I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is Alex Compton. Uh, Alex, we started this last year. It was fun to go back, uh, sleep on the games, and and see what happened. Um, so yesterday, Indiana opened the 2023 season against number three Ohio State at Memorial Stadium. The uh, game was broadcast on CBS. And before we get into anything i went back and watched the game the production quality of cbs is amazing it is so cool um and stuff like that but uh indiana ultimately fell 23 to 3 and um you know lots to take away from this game both good both bad uh but indiana starts the season 0 and 1 how do you feel about yesterday alex sky is falling you may as well cancel the rest of the season now that's you know, we were expecting to win the game. So now that we lost in a respectable showing, I think, you know, we may as well just cancel the season. But no, I mean, I think that's why we do this the day after. But yeah, I think a lot of good, probably more good for me than bad. Offense, which we'll talk about more in depth, I think a lot of it was by design, how conservative and how much kind of of a base shell it was. Argument could be made that when you're down only seven going into the second half, maybe you have to, you know, turn it and be a little more aggressive. I personally don't think they had enough installed yet to even get to that point, but it's tough when you split reps with quarterbacks like that, which we talked about all summer. But yeah, I think a lot to like. I think the revamp defense, the front seven or front, you know, eight, whatever you want to call it specifically, looked really, really, really good. And I think playing like that makes it a lot easier. I think the secondary played really well too. I think the defense played very, very well. Um, mixed some different things in. I think the blitzes were timely. So you have to like what you saw from Guerrero calling his first game there for IU, but lots to like. I think we'll get into it. The offense, of course, is probably the most concerning part and not necessarily super surprising, but yeah, I like where we're at. We came out relatively healthy. Uh, when we preview the Indiana State game, I'll talk about it, but I think you you said Jalen Lucas. But, yeah, I think besides Bonds getting shaken up, I think overall you came out pretty healthy, made Ohio State work, and didn't really do anything terrible. So won the turnover battle. I, I don't know, a lot to like. But, yeah, I mean, maybe you get a little more aggressive on offense. But I think with the scheme last year with, like, Basilac, maybe you would have. But this year it's going to – be more running and calculated deep shots. But yeah, I don't know. Kind of encouraged. Yeah. Well, you know, you could put the season back on and the sky is not falling because Tom Allen did announce the starter for game two and that'll be Taven Jackson. will start. They're still going to split reps. 
but it looks like they're going, you know, one, this is not a curve to grade on. If I was a student and a professor graded me on, hey, one person has to start against Ohio State, the next person gets to start against Indiana State. Um, It's not really fair, but Brandon Sorsby uh, started yesterday. David Jackson is going to start against Indiana State. You know, neither was impressive throwing the ball. Brandon Sorsby was, or Brendan Sorsby uh, was eight of sixteen for fifty-eight yards. Taven Jackson one of five for twenty-four yards. The total was nine to twenty-one for eighty-two yards. They just didn't throw the ball, and, and I, like you said, it was by design. It kept you in the game, kept the defense fresh. Last year, all we heard was you can't you can't go this race car pace for offense. You're going to wear out the defense. Well. They slowed it down. How many times this offseason? Well, they should run the option. How come yeah. IU doesn't run the triple? Well, they ran the option. Guess what? Didn't really work. Um, shocker. But it gave them a shot to be in the game. Uh, they held the ball for 28 minutes. They they didn't turn the ball over. The offensive line, I think, looked looked good. good. Especially they looked against good. The, they looked good against Ohio State. Um, and, and people got to remember, this is a good Ohio State defense. Yeah. Steel Chambers is an NFL guy. Jack Sawyer is an NFL guy. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg is an NFL guy. Leo Lolo or whatever is the DN for them, number 44, stud, like single-handedly, yeah. single-handedly wrecked the Penn State game last. Like, they got dudes still. And I think the O-line with a bunch of new starters looked – well, not a ton of new starters, actually, but Carter Smith, the exception, but looked really but good. The- yeah, there were holes there, um, and I'd like to see them pass the ball more because they had a pocket. Um, but the risk with that is you throw two or three picks on balls that one gets tipped or overthrows, which we saw, and that game instead of being twenty to three is fifty six to three, yeah. and or fifty six ten, and yeah, you you scored a, a touchdown, but you know. 56 is a lot worse than 23-3. So I think you you take what you can, uh, build on it, and you have a short week getting ready for for Indiana State this week, which shouldn't affect the outcome of the game, but it might affect, you know, practice reps and and stuff like that. Um, Defense, I thought defense was awesome. Uh, Tackling was great. I I rewatched the first half. There weren't very many missed tackles. A lot of good form tackles, solid solo tackles on the perimeter. You had uh, the transfers all played well. Andre Carter, whenever you needed a play, it was either him, Jacob Magnum Ferrara, or Aaron Casey mm-hmm. making a play when IU needed it up front. Uh, the transfers in the secondary, Nick Toomer played outstanding. Uh, Kobe Miner played a really good game. And then you have the um, young guys, Dunham. Dunham so much better than last year. Came up with that big pick, which I'm shocked they didn't call pass interference because it's Ohio State. But Jacob Bagnafar gave the old hip check to to, yeah. to the first receiver there, which forced Kyle McCord to go deep in, deeper into his progression uh, and throw the pick. But great play by Dunham there. Uh, Jamari Sharp outside of the 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 taunting, although Marvin Harrison could flex over our guy. Um, and it's not a penalty. Uh, he played well. Uh, you know, it, it's the defensive line did not get bullied. Yeah, Ohio State ran for 4.6 yards per carry, but that's a lot better than it has been in the past. 
when they get they six or seven field. yards, they're on the field the whole game. Like you know, it's yeah. they they played well. I think you have to be really encouraged by the defense. I would say the one thing we kind of exchanged texts about it a little bit last night, Sammy. But the one thing for me is if whatever happens happens, we saw it last year when Cam Jones went out. We saw it the year before when Micah McFadden wasn't in the game. When you lose your Aaron Casey or Mangum Farrar, the inability to have a guy step in and not be the same, but serviceable has been an issue. I'm really worried about what happens if Casey or Mangum Farrar is not on the field. I think Jared Casey played limited snaps. He was the guy that got beat multiple times by Cade Stover up the seam. Um, right when he was in the game, they went for that every time. So um, Mangum Farrar was really good in pass coverage. We talked about six, his, six, his, four. with his length. That was, that was something we really liked, but a whole, I think is more of a run guy. I think you need Rudolph got in at the end, but you need. Katie Turner, to Isaiah Jones to that's where this Indiana state game is going to be big. It's you, you want to control the game. You don't want to embarrass Indiana state, but you want to control the game, get up big and, and get some of these guys rep game repetitions, even though it's against an FCS opponent to yeah. where it's at game speed with, I don't know, maybe in the second half there won't be fans again. I don't know. Um, but with potential of fans in the stands and things like that, uh, to, to get those reps, because you saw how big of a growth it was for these guys, to young guys to play last year against Ohio State, against Michigan State, against Purdue, uh, and, and things like that. So uh, overall defense, yeah, depth might be an issue, but they came out of Ohio State healthy, which yep. is yep. A, a big worry going in. Let's talk about special teams because it was a Jekyll and Hyde, Hyde thing. You had great with James Evans and Jalen Lucas. You had pretty good with Chris Freeman and his bank shot field goal, and you had terrible on the penalties. Um, you know, the after Ohio State scored touchdown, Jalen Lucas gets a return out to the 34. E.J. Williams, who's a veteran guy, gets a block in the back, which was totally unnecessary. Jalen Lucas was by that guy already. That brings him back to the eight, kind of stalls out that offense there. And, and that kind of happened with the first drive, too. You had a um, a targeting call that gets picked up because, of course, it gets picked up. Yeah. Um, and then you have a false start on your senior tight end, Bradley Archer, that puts you back to third and six. So instead of having first and 10 at the 49 and maybe having a little momentum on offense, you're back at third and six and, you know, you throw a short dump off pass and end up punting. Same thing with those penalties. You, this offense is not good enough to start inside the 15-yard the line three or four times and expect to get a lot of points. They had one drive all game that was 14, that was 14 players, 56 yards that – ended up with no points. So special teams, they got to clean that up. Maybe some of it is that Ohio State just has better athletes, and that's what you do when you get beat is you block in the back and you hold and stuff like that. But uh, KCT Gardens also got to scheme it up to put your guys in the best position to not do that. But we saw Jalen Lucas had a nice kickoff return. Um, he had – and, and I almost called it, Alex, because that, if that went back for a touchdown – uh, that would have been the opening returnable kickoff that got called back for penalty yep. uh, in the most predictable fashion ever. He had a good punt return. 
um, which was that was a big question mark going into to the game too, is who's returning punts. Um, did not like using Jalen Lucas all the time on punts. I know that's what you're going to say. Looked like he was cramping up there a little bit. Came out of the game. I think he went to the locker room for some IV fluid. I think stuff he like that. his ankle for sure. It was on that punt return. He got hurt because he kind of landed. His leg was extended a little bit when he tried to hurdle at the end of it. Yeah, yeah I get it. I think you got to save him for your game breakers. But at the same time, you probably limit how many times he touches the ball if he's not out there. Because if you're kicking it to him at all, I think it's a mistake, really. Because that's one probably one of our better chances to get chunk yardage. So I think that'll be a thing teams really key on, on for us. But yeah, I think flip side of special teams, I think our coverage was really good. So I think yep. Freeman did a pretty good job touchbacks. And then when he didn't, I thought we covered pretty well down there. Bryson Bonds was really, really good on special teams. I know he got banged yep. up. He I'm came pretty- back in at the end of the game too. So that was okay. good to see. I'm, I'm pretty critical of him most times as an experienced guy. I don't think he's great on the back end, but played really, really solidly on both kickoff and punt coverage. So that was good to see. And that's kind of what you need from your older guys, the guy that's been in the program. So that was good to see. I like that. Um, yeah, James Evans, I think besides that one, he had, a, I think, a shorter one and then that bomb into the end zone. Solid. The, the bomb was a 70-yard kick in the air. I mean, yeah, you got you, you, you to reel it in a little bit to, to not kick it into the end zone. But, yeah, he was consistent, averaged 54 point, fifty-four and a half yards a punt, four punts over 50 yards. And I know, you know, IU fans and maybe the uneducated football fan doesn't realize how important that is. When Ohio State was really, really good and playing in that national title year in 2014, their punter flipped the field where they would get stopped at the 25 or 30-yard line, their own 30-yard line, and their opponents would start inside the 20 that's how you win football games yep um especially now with these these rules that are are taking away a lot of plays um and a lot of time off the clock your 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 possessions are going to be limited so it's you got to make the most out of it yep uh let's let's stay with the defense quickly sammy i think running through positions i think would be a good way to do this i think I was I was critical of them and worried about them all off season, especially leading up to the season. But I thought the back end safeties played pretty well. I think Sanguinetti had one of his better games as a Hoosier, and I thought Lewis Moore, who we talked about it last year when they added him out of a JUCO, we thought was kind of a depth piece. He played an outstanding game. He had a couple missed tackles, I think, but he finished with six solos and that nice pass breakup to end the first half. So I thought. That tandem back there gave me a little bit more confidence moving forward. I liked how they used Nick Toomer. They kind of moved him all around, which we thought they would do. But on that deep ball in the first quarter or second quarter, Toomer was kind of playing that boundary safety, ran all the way across the field, got the handout to make it a tough play. And then on third down, he comes up with the big hit to to force the punts. I thought he had a good game as well. I thought, yeah, the back end in the secondary I thought was really good. I think the corners they mixed in for the most part. I don't really remember seeing James Mons or or Shaw out there, but for the Mons most part, was out. Mons was out there at some point. Okay, and then yeah, but I thought you know Tumor and and Miner had really really good games. I I thought Sharp you know showed like the game was slowing down a little bit, but you know more for him with his speed, he's kind of got to just let the game come to him. Um, so that was good to see. And then Jameer Johnson was out there a bunch. So 
Uh, I think the corners and the safeties surpassed expectations week one. I think if you play Ohio State week eight, maybe their offense looks a little different, but still, I think a lot to be encouraged about by the by the the, the corners and the safeties. All we heard all offseason was that Marvin Harrison Jr. and Amika Abuka and Julian Fleming were going to go for 1,000 yards against Indiana and that there was no way that Indiana could stop this team and that Matt Guerrero looked scared in the press conference because I've gotten 50,000 comments on that on our YouTube page. So thank you. One, thank you for watching Ohio State fans. <laughs> I'll take your 4,000 views um, and, and and turn it into whatever 15 cents uh, of advertising. But they, I, I think they held them to five catches and 18 yards of Buka and um, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. No touchdowns. The Marvin Harrison Jr. touchdown was wiped out because he was out of bounds uh, for an illegal touching and things like that. You had um, Jamari Sharp put him, put him down on the sideline. Um, and, yeah, you don't want to see anybody get, get hurt. But that's what other teams do to IU's best receivers too. They come up and put big licks on the receivers – IU took it to Ohio State offensively. And this wasn't, you know, as bad as Ohio State probably feels about their quarterback situation. A lot of that had to do with Indiana's defense. Um, So, yeah, all summer it was how many yards is Marvin Harrison Jr. going to get? Well, the answer was 18. It wasn't 18 catches. It was two catches for 18 yards. That – yeah, got to feel pretty encouraged about that. Um, moving up to the linebackers, I can't say good enough stuff about Aaron Casey. Anytime you need a play, it looks like he knows what's coming, where it's coming, and goes and makes the play, especially in the run game. He started that last year. Yeah, run game quickly on Casey. I think it'll get lost in the shuffle a little bit. But the guys on the inside of the line, I thought, played one of the better games we've seen in the last couple of years from an IU interior defensive line. The gaps were full, so Casey could just come up and shoot. Totally yeah. unblocked because they were like, you know, Blitty, um, you know, PJ and Ladarius Cox and Burris up in the middle, Carter when he shifted inside. All those guys were taking up bodies, and that let Mangum Farrar and Lewis Moore when he came down in the box, and obviously Casey, who had nine solo tackles. That's what you want. You let those guys just play, and I think – before I flip it back to you on the linebackers, I think the overall energy and kind of aggressiveness from the defense that we've wanted to come back for a couple of years, you saw it. Guys were not timid. Guys were flying around trying to make plays. There are multiple guys tackling the same guy. Everyone was around the ball. I think that stuff you missed the last couple of years and they didn't do a ton of blitzing, but when they did, it was pretty effective and, you know, made McCord move out of the pocket. That's where we saw the interception but I thought just overall D line freed up a lot of that stuff for the linebackers, which is the goal. Yeah. And to have, you, you saw double teams on Andre Carter. And when you have, you have a defensive line that demands somebody to be double teamed. Now you're playing a little bit more even you're, you're blocking four, you know, five with four, or four with five and double teaming and, and letting those. And that's where Tom Allen's defense really worked well. You saw it in 2016 with Tigre scales made 120 some odd tackles um, because the defensive line commanded those double team blocks and you let your linebackers go. And I use very lucky to have an instinctual linebacker like Aaron Casey and just an absolute 
beast of a linebacker in Jacob Magnum Ferrara, who's six foot four, 240 pounds, can cover, has like a seven foot wingspan. Basically, he would be your wing guy for, for the basketball team if, you know, this, if you're running out of basketball team. But yeah, I, let's go to defensive line. And Andre Carter was awesome. Yeah. There was a play in the first half where he came, I think he was at, he wasn't the nose tackle position. He was at the three technique, shot the gap, runs across the field, jumps like Superman or Spider-Man onto Devin Brown's back and takes him down for a three-yard loss to to force a punt. We yeah. haven't seen that at IU in a long time out of a defense alignment. Uh, we've said it all spring. We said it all summer. Um, and now when you see it against an elite opponent like Ohio State, puts a little bit more belief in um in that that we were correct. Yeah, he was unblockable in the spring game, but you and I were probably be unblockable last year with IU's offensive line. But he was for real. Um but yeah, you can't say enough about the guys in the middle. They they read they they revamped this defensive line uh, a lot. Um now they they don't show up in the 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 stat um pack a lot, but you look at you know, Philip Leedy, one tackle. Um, Marcus Burris, one tackle. Uh, Carr, Carr with three. Carter yeah, Carter three. had four, four tackles, two tackles for a loss. Lenell Carr, three tackles. Like, they're doing their job so that Aaron Casey can go get 11 tackles, so that uh, Jacob Magnum Ferrara can get three tackles and two pass breakups. And, you know, Lewis Moore could come up and get six solo tackles. It's this is what complimentary football is supposed to be about. Um, and I hope for you know, Philip Bleedy's sake and for PJ Lucas and Ladarius Cox that at some point they get to make the plays too, so that that we could talk about them. But yeah, un, unheralded group. Uh, Robbie Harrison is another guy up there who who's, gives them a big body and he's a, a redshirt freshman, I believe. But I'm I'm excited about this defense. Now depth could be an issue, but they got out of this game healthy. Yeah. I think the only the only depth piece for me is linebacker now. I, that's I thought the we can do I was going to wait to do surprises, but I think the the other thing that surprised me was how much Anthony Jones, the Oregon transfer was on the field. Yep. He's kind of a later add in the in the portal season. Oh, yeah, but he, he was, was the he first was guy the off the bench. Yeah, he was on the field a ton, which I think kind of surprised me personally. Um, and I was expecting probably more of a split between Carr and Miles Jackson, but Lindell Carr played, I think, a pretty good majority of the snaps. But yeah, I think Anthony Jones, you could tell he's athletic. You could tell he likes to be around the ball. And that's just like a body and a dude. And I use on defense the last couple of years has just not had many dudes. And CBS, the crew, while they were pretty critical of us most of the game, they were raving about Casey and Farrar and, uh, and Carter. And we just haven't had dudes in a while. And it's nice to have some dudes again and some DBs playing with some swagger because it's about time. Yeah. And, you know, as good as I think either Rhett Lewis or Don Fisher said this on the radio, as good as Jalen Williams and Tywin Mullen were, they were smaller guys. You look at Nick Toomer, he's 6'2". He's long. He's tough to get open against. Uh, Kobe Miner's a, a longer dude as well. Um, 
So it, it's you, – you do. You have some guys that look the part. And that you're walking into fall camp and seeing the defensive line, you're like, okay, they look like a Big Ten defensive line. Um, l- let's move on to the – let's get back to the offense. Let's talk about Walt Bell's option scheme. Let's talk about – I like it. I like it. The quarterback um, – the, the quarterback battle – I, I think it's fair to say that they didn't name a starter to play, not to play head games. That's not the reason. I think it was that, that, that you tell me after that game who should start next week. I think if you're going to run similar stuff to what they ran, I think Sorsby is a better runner. I think Jackson like ran the options and the pitches better, but he's not as dynamic when he has to keep the ball in my mind. Um, I don't know. It's tough. I think Sorsby at the end of the game looked pretty good actually when it was, you know, less pressure, kind of just sit back, throw the ball. Um, I like the option stuff. Jalen Lucas after the game said it didn't work a ton, obviously, but he said it's gonna, and they really, really like it. We're, we were close to popping a couple runs in that game. I just think, and Alan said it as well. You just got to get the the Bell Allen disconnect kind of solved here pretty quickly because Jalen Lucas, you know, it was good to see him touch the ball as much as he did, but he should not be the guy getting the dives up the middle as, as frequently as he did. And I think you got to get in space. You got to, you got to motion him. You got to move him around. Um, but yeah. I mean, receiver rotation was really, really tight. We didn't see as much of the depth as we thought. Um Cameron Perry was in for a couple plays. It seemed like he ran the wrong route on one of Jackson's balls. Um, Dequeese Carter had the, you know, end around handoff. He had a catch. EJ Williams had a catch. McCauley had a catch. And then Cam had three catches. But besides that, it was very base, which I think is good. But I think you could see where it would work. And I think you saw a lot of kind of similar concepts, schemes, and plays to what you saw with Bell's best offenses when he was at Maryland. And I thought that part was encouraging because you you could see they had a plan at least. Whether they should have opened the playbook up more, yeah, probably, especially when you were down, you know, two, two and a half scores, whatever, because that's where you learn. But I think you're going to see much more of an open playbook against an Indiana State team that got shut out 27 nothing against Eastern Illinois week one. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know. if I still would pick Sorsby, I think. I don't think Jackson's arm really, like, wowed me. He let a couple rip, which was nice to see, but. Exactly. There's no – it's I don't know. So, um, and I don't think you're going to know after this week either. Uh, it, it's kind of the, the inverse of Ohio State. You're playing a top three defense. Now you're playing an FCS defense. Um, it, Let's look at Ohio, at Indiana State uh, before we get out of here, Alex. Indiana State, short week. IU plays Friday night at home, uh, 7 o'clock on BTN. Tom Allen is not a fan of these Friday games, um, but whatever. It's the Big Ten's decision, and I, I for me, I, I think you have to lean into it and, and see what the positives are. You're one of the only games on Friday night. Yeah, it's on Big Ten Network and not Fox Sports 1. But um, people gives who you are another day one, for Louisville, or you know, gives you another day. Like gives you another day for Louisville. You have all the degenerates are going to have their eyes on you. 
Um, people who just want to watch a game or a Big Ten game um, who are probably also degenerates because why would you want to watch Big Ten football? Um, they're going to tune into that game. But Indiana State's coming off a 27, like you said, 27 nothing loss to Eastern Illinois. They turned the ball over six times. They had 217 yards of offense. Indiana's defense has to tee off. This is a game where uh, – you, you go in saying we want to shut out this opponent. Yeah, could be but one half for the yeah. starters, Max, for, on defense. Yeah. But it's also a game, like you said, Max, one half for the starters. That's how you build that depth at linebacker. That's how you get Joshua Rudolph in. You know, you tell Jared Casey, build that confidence in, in coverage. You get Caden Turner and Isaiah Jones in there. That's how you build that. Offensively, Tom Allen probably won't do it. He won't run up the score like Kevin Wilson was doing, although they needed every single point of that 73 against Indiana State in 2013. Um, you got to tell Walt Bell, take take the, the training wheels off and, and let it rip. And then unless it's a total disaster, keep the playbook open as, as long as possible. If you want to go Taven in the first half, Brandon Sorsby in the second half, whatever, or if you want to do it like you did last week, um and put Taven in for two, Brandon Sorsby in for two, and just do it that way. You got to figure out. You got to get more data to figure out who's going to start because the next week is Louisville. That's the game that could swing your season. Uh, you beat Louisville, you're probably going into Maryland at three and one, um, and, and at least into homecoming at, at three and three if, if you drop Maryland and Michigan. So that you got to figure out who's. I don't think they have to pick a quarterback, but you got to figure out what they do well, and what situations you want to put them in. Yeah, agree. Um, yeah, we'll see. I think it's not Idaho. Idaho's pretty good, and they're going to have a good season this year. And we we remember what happened in the first half last year against them. But yeah, this is a game where I think in years past and the year after when we almost lost to Southern Illinois. I think IU is now at a point where the roster just has enough guys where you don't really have to worry about it being close, which is nice, but yeah, you have to, you have to get some guys going. You have to get some schemes that you like and you have to get some plays that, you know, you can count on. And I think for me, that's the most important part about the game. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Offensively again, I think the schemes are good and I think mixing that stuff in is going to be really, really solid. You could see how, that dive play and those triple option pitches could really open up that RPO game. But yeah, you got to let the guys throw to really make that a threat. Um, and I will say one surprise for me, not, I don't know, not huge. We did know there were going to be a lot of two tight end sets this year. That was something we were pretty confident that we would see a ton of Bradley Archer and a ton of James Bomba though. And I don't remember seeing Steinfeld really running routes or, and again, we had nine completions. So it's not like he was an air raid, but Steinfeld not really in the action as much as you would have thought. We were hoping he would be a candidate to have a big year and step in for He was banged up in camp. I wonder if that was, you know, he missed one of the scrimmages. Um, I, I wonder if that played a factor into it to where his, and it's not a knock on Steinfeld, but if he his conditioning was up to where it needs to be coming coming back from an injury, um, maybe maybe you see more of him on 
on um, on Friday night against Indiana State, but he was in on punt coverage. He was one of the upbacks on on punt on uh, yeah on punt uh, and, and punt coverage. So he was in there. I'm just wondering if they're trying to ease him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you you got out of the Ohio State game relatively healthy, uh, and at least until we get the uh, the five five o'clock injury report availability report on Friday. Uh, we'll see also what Tom Allen says yesterday, but yeah, you're in the minority Alex with Walt Bell and his offense. Uh, everybody was, they were booing him in the first quarter, I think, uh, in the second quarter uh, and, and things like that. So, you know, it, it's, it was discouraging, um, but the, all these fans wanted to see them run the ball like they did against Michigan state and Purdue. This was that offense. Yep. Just you were playing a team with an NFL caliber defense. Yeah. And again, I think a lot of it was training wheels and they talked about it a little bit after the game. You you have to understand it. And I get it. It was a 30 and a half point spread. We haven't beat them in close to three decades now. That's not the game to go for it in week one. And I know that's not a great attitude and, you know, I'm the worst fan ever, but if you really you know, go all out, throw the whole playbook at both of your guys that have not really played in college football. And then Jackson and Storsby both kind of crap the bad, both feel pretty bad about themselves and put a batch of, bunch of bad stuff on tape. Where does that leave you moving forward? Now you kind of go away and you say, okay, you know, you, you managed the offense well. Nobody made the huge mistake. There wasn't really anything close to a big mistake. Jackson had that one throw that was kind of, in the coverage, but no one made a huge mistake. The balls were kind of, you know, where they were supposed to be when they did throw. I think we took like what, maybe two or three sacks total, maybe two. So I was like, you didn't, you didn't make a huge mistake. You didn't one, really one sack. Yeah. You didn't really put us behind. I think it was at the end of the game too. Um, so yeah, I, I get it. And I think this is a big week to open more stuff up and the balance then becomes how much stuff do you put on tape for Louisville? But I don't know. I don't think you can worry about that. I think you got to just kind of take the training wheels off a little bit. But yeah, I think for once we had a plan and kind of, you could see what the scheme was and what the thought was, which kind of came into, into the picture at the end of last year a little bit, but I think you can work with this. I think the next step now is you have to establish the receivers earlier. You just have to, I mean, Cam Camper seem kind of frustrated, but there should not be a world where your four really, really solid receivers that we are all really high on have what not six special. total catches. That can't six happen. total can't yeah. happen. So no. Um yeah, Anderson Kobe dropped another one. He's gotta he's gotta catch the ball. That's that's becoming a problem for him. But um yeah, he had that crossing route where he didn't run up the field for the first down and then he dropped one late in the game. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think you got to get the receivers more involved early. And I think another big part of it would be the tight end kind of softening up the seams. Like if you know Bradley Archer's in the game and he's never going to run a route, how effective is he really at that point? Just put a lineman in. But um, yeah, He almost got Jalen Lucas killed yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. And I mean, I, I liked the stuff. I, I really did. I thought it was an actual semblance of a plan and a consistent strategy and scheme which I felt like last year we kind of just closed our eyes through a dart at the board and see what the play call was. 
Uh, but yeah, I think you'll have to get more aggressive as the season goes on. I don't think, you know, they're not naive to that at all, but I understand why it was the way it was yesterday. Yeah, me too. But I, I also understand the frustration of you're down seven, three going into yeah. halftime and you're, you're not throwing the ball. You end up, you know, turning it over on downs and, and giving up a field goal, which probably shouldn't have happened with the sack fumble uh, that got reversed and, you know, the taunting penalty that gave Ohio State 15 yards. But that's one where you'd like to see a shot or something. Um, and, and that's what I hope you see against Indiana State because that they, they it will be there. You're, you're in, yeah. Yeah. you know, a superior opponent. You're a superior team to them. You, you need to, you know, show, flex your muscles, show your – you're, you're the better team and, and do what you want to do. Don't let Indiana state dictate. Don't let heck don't even let Louisville the, the, that you're playing Louisville the next week. Um, put some stuff on tape that they need to prepare for. They know you're yeah. going to run the option. Now go may, you know, go throw the ball, go make them, uh, you know, maybe double team cam camper uh, or EJ Williams or show Jalen Lucas in the slot. Um, Cause I, I would take, I would trade Jalen Lucas on punt returns for six more touches on Jalen Lucas in the slot. Yeah. That's just me. Um, but yeah, it, it's one game. Uh, it really gave you hope in the defense that the defense could carry this team early while the quarterbacks are going through some growing pains uh, and the offense gets its uh, sea legs, hopefully. And, and then, you know, you, you could start putting whole games together. Um, yeah. But you see, you could see the foundation of the team, and they, they took care of the ball, which was encouraging. There are no like stupid mistakes. There are a couple penalties on offense that that really stalled drives. There are a couple penalties on special teams, but there was no killer penalty on on defense, like a roughing the passer. There was that one pass interference on Kobe Minor where he needs to get turned around and stuff yeah. like that, but. You know, if you're holding Marvin Harrison Jr. to 18 yards, I'll take a 15-yard pass interference penalty once yeah. uh, and things like that. So there was no, like, death now, oh, this, of course this happens yeah. type of stuff on the defensive side of the ball, and that's what's encouraging. Yeah, agree. And then running backs here, I think. Christian Turner is going to be good. So, yeah, that's that's what I was kind of getting at here. Turner had seven carries. Lucas had 11 carries. Josh Henderson only had three carries. I think he had just the three total touches. No, he had he had another catch. Had one as catch. Well. So he had four, four, yeah. four touches, but he was in a lot. He needs they need to get him in rhythm too. He's really good out of the backfield catching balls. Had Turner looked really good in between the tackles. So maybe that's something new now you could kind of kind of exploit. Holland got in at the end, but yeah, I don't know. I think you got to get Henderson going. That was kind of surprising to me. He didn't get more touches. Um, but yeah, I, I like all three of those guys. I just I don't think you can run Lucas up the middle as much as you did and expect him to be productive all season. I think that's a or, recipe for disaster. Or healthy. He's right, 170 I mean. pounds soaking wet. He's not yep. going to survive getting bashed against Ohio State and – Michigan and Penn State and all that stuff. He, they need to get him out in space. I thought, you know, with the option, you, you had a couple, you know, with more even talent on the field. 
you probably get bigger plays. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yesterday was also you saw the talent gap between the Ohio States and the Indianas, um, which goes to if you know now it's oh all these big schools are spending money in NIL and buying players and all that stuff. But last time I checked. Indiana has the largest living alumni base and I'm pretty sure they're not all broke. So, you know, it is what you make it. It is what you emphasize. Um, You know, final thing, Alex, I I do want to talk about the fans. It was brought up on Twitter. A lot of students left at halftime. I get it was hot. It was gross out during the game yesterday. Good crowd showed up. I would say that there's 70% Ohio state fans yesterday which is disappointing. I mean, it's not unheard of, but it's a little disappointing. Um, loud OHIO chants going around the stadium, and then students left at halftime of a 10-3 game against the number three team in the country, which a lot of the comments I get back on social media is, oh, this team has to prove it first. This team has to prove it first. We've seen this movie before. And I'm not going to go back to 2019 and 2020 and say, hey, well, they, they proved it then, so do it now. How about maybe making it a little bit more uncomfortable for Ohio State's quarterback who's making a second career start, really didn't look good, and cheering nah, on third down down and all that, that stuff. They don't, know, they don't know that. You know, the the TV broadcast even said this was the probably the most comfortable a road game you could ask for for a quarterback – battle that neither guy has started more than three games so it's if anything was a challenge that was they just threw a challenge at the IU fans and it's kind of embarrassing to keep talking about it and yeah IU needs to invest more in football but you know they those game day suites on field suites yeah they might look whatever they sold out Guess how much money IU just brought in? A couple hundred thousand dollars. They were all filled yesterday. We'll see what they are on Friday. But in order, and then saying, oh, well, well, Walt Bell is cheap. We need to pay more. You have to have money to build your program. And if you're not willing to invest in it financially, and every time IU tries to do something to increase revenue and people complain about it, it's you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Yeah, IU is going to have to sell out eventually um, in terms of maybe renaming the field. Um, I, I don't think they renamed the stadium just because it's, a, you know, Memorial Stadium, but it could be, you know, John Mellencamp Field at Memorial Stadium or, or whatever um, and, and things like that. And people want, oh, we need a new indoor facility. You need money to do that. I use trying their best to increase revenue streams. So I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of – and I hate defending the program like that, but I'm kind of tired making that argument all the time. You know, it, it's read up on trying to see the big picture here. Um, but yeah, fan as awesome as the CBS production was seeing the half empty stadium. It, it's always like, Oh yeah. I don't know. They just, they're clowning us the whole game as they should, but it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, if you go to the game, I, I just I, – it's even faster than it was last year because the clock doesn't stop. I just – what else are you doing? Where are like going to Knicks and not watch the game? I mean, the, the well, no, game well, wasn't like, even that's, on at Knicks. Maybe 300 people, but it's like how enticing is your bag chair at your car? I, I don't I don't understand. Yeah. 
you can buy booze in the stadium. It was a beautiful day. I don't a seven point game at halftime. And that's the other argument. It's like, just be competent, be competent, be competent. I was like, that was a competent first half. And everyone's well, and then they, and then they, the, you, you move the goalposts. Now it's instead of being competent, it's, oh, they should have been up by 10. But then the goalpost move again was, oh, they're up by 10. We've seen this movie before. They're going to blow it. We're, we're going to leave anyway. Or let's say this week against Indiana State, if they're up 35 nothing, oh, it's 35 nothing. We're out of here too. So I, I don't know what the special sauce is to get people to stay. Is it Does the temperature have to be at a certain point with the score at a certain point? What's the formula? Um, they brought in misters. They allowed people to bring a water bottle, unseal water bottle in. They have the, the refillable water stations. At some point, you know, it's you're just complaining to complain. And look, we, we both have killed IU on a lot of things. And most of it is deservedly so. Like not having running water for about 10 minutes at halftime in the press box. Yeah, but guess what? They got it fixed. That's something to, to complain about. But being down 10-3 because it's 88 degrees outside. Come on. I mean, you've been dying to have close games against top teams. And when you finally get one, you bail. It's I, I'm tired. I, I'm just I'm tired of it. And I, hopefully this is the only time I have to discuss it this season. Nah, it's, there'll be no one, no one there on Friday. Um, you know, because our, our fan base is just historically massive high school football fans. So they definitely can't miss the uh, a Friday night high school football game for an Indiana football game, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like God forbid they make the grass parking lot, how it should be where it took my, like just hours to pull in there. It was super dangerous when you had people running around and cars that were two hours late, were driving through the whole lot to park next to their friend that got there right when it opened, you know, at, you know, God forbid you don't let people take up seven spots in the grass lot anymore because they they're doing it how they're supposed to yeah people are going to complain just to complain but it's like it's college football it's supposed to be fun i, I just watching all these games at all these stadiums from around the country it, it just gets so jealous and so sad it's just it's embarrassing and you know the first shot of big 10 football on cbs is of a half empty memorial stadium on a beautiful saturday it's just it's disgusting and I don't know. I when we get good one year and we win a bowl game one year, I hope most of the people don't enjoy it. I hope it's just for us. It's for the people that really care and want to see us get good. So yeah, and there's thirty thousand. It's been the same thirty thousand for since I was a student who show up every Saturday. Who are great college football fans, um, who who get up and cheer and all that stuff. You know, looking down from the press box, I know there's a lot of Ohio State fans. But third down, you're down seven nothing. Fourth down, down seven nothing, and it's like we're sitting on our hands. And I know they do that for basketball too. But you know, it's okay to be happy. It, it is. Just, it's okay to or care about. You know, like it's supposed to be fun. And yeah. you're supposed to be happy and get mad and get sad. Like I don't know. Yeah, you go through the range of emotions. It's okay. Um, but anyway, next game: Indiana State Friday at seven o'clock at Memorial Stadium. We'll have all of your coverage coming up uh, up to it. Uh, we will move our coverage up a day or two um, as well. 
We'll have all the coverage from Tom Allen's press conference tomorrow. Uh, TJ and I will be back on the podcast as well tomorrow to preview the Indiana State game and also get TJ's um, input on the Ohio State loss. Uh, Keep coming back to HoosierHuddle.com. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. Um, And we'll give updated standings on the Pick'em League after, uh, after Monday. So enjoy the rest of the holiday weekend, Alex. Uh, and enjoy the rest of uh, college football tonight with LSU, Florida State, and uh, Duke Clemson on Monday. Yeah, it should be great. Uh, shout out Carter Smith to a great game at left tackle. All right, that does it. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook as well. Uh, we are on Threads, but I don't know what Threads really does other than Twitter. <laughs> but uh, we enjoy all your feedback and all that stuff. So. Enjoy. We'll be back on Monday to talk Indiana, Indiana State. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates North Park, Illinois.